My name is Jacob Adams. Um, it's great to be able to open up God's Word with you this morning. Uh, I, I, I think it's funny because sometimes I get up to preach and I feel really, really at peace with the sermon and about the text. And other times I get up and I am just really nervous. <laughs> uh, and this morning I'm very nervous. Um, and so uh, I just want to say that, um, that I have been really moved um, working through this passage and through this section of Mark and study, and um, I, I hope that we can learn together this morning uh, from God's Word. And so uh, just by way of introduction, I, I want to keep it very short um, uh, to start, and that is to say that uh, recently, in the last few years, there was a, uh, and many of you probably saw this video, uh, maybe, maybe you are just hearing about it now, there was a, a gymnastics competition, uh, little girls, Irish girls were lined up to receive medals after this, after this amazing uh, display that they had put on, and every single little girl received a medal except for one. And she was a black Irish young girl. Now, all the other girls lined up were, were, were pale of skin, uh, not dissimilar to myself. Um, and it was, it was extraordinary to watch because they all get a medal. And the only one who doesn't is this little girl. And the woman handing out the medals even looks at the little girl and moves on to the child next to her. And it is such a is a shocking a shocking video, and a shocking thing. And I was reading a few articles and, and trying to wrap my head around what this might even feel like or, or be like, and I and I couldn't fully understand it. And I want you to know uh, this morning that that is not the way that Jesus treats us. Jesus does not overlook anyone. Those who are marginalized or on the fringes, those who are of different colors, of different shapes and sizes, God sees and acknowledges them all and welcomes each and every one of them into His kingdom without exception if they place their faith in Him. That is a, that's a fact. That's a fact. And Jesus does this by showing Himself to us as Messiah, as the anointed one of God who has come to take his place as the king of Jerusalem. And at this section of Mark, Jesus is moving toward Jerusalem, and he has been moving toward Jerusalem from the start of chapter 8. And so I have a small overview slide here for you guys. Uh, that just sort of shows you that Mark is basically separated into three different sections. And this is the middle section of Mark that we're finishing today. It starts in 8.22 and ends in 10.52. And in this section, Jesus begins in Galilee and works His way to Jerusalem. In chapter 11, He arrives in Jerusalem. That's the triumphal entry. And during this section, Jesus makes three predictions about what's going to happen. He tells his disciples, the Son of Man is going to be handed over to those who hate him and killed, and he will rise from the dead. And the disciples don't understand that each time he shares this with them, uh, they, they ask him some questions, and he tells them what it means to follow Jesus. And he lays out what it looks like to be a servant king for them. 
And what is so cool and interesting about this section of Mark is that it begins with the healing of a blind man and it ends with the healing of a blind man. And as we walk through this section, I want you to keep that in mind as we look together at three points this morning, and they are uh, these points. The first is, what does a blind man see? My second point is, what do you want me to do for you? And my third point is, the response of a grateful heart. The response of a grateful heart. So let's look together here at the first point. What does a blind man see? What do we know about Bartimaeus? We don't know a lot about him, but he seems to have had sight at one point in his life because he asks to see again. So whatever circumstance he has gone through to blind him, he is now blind and he is a a beggar outside of the city of Jericho. Uh, And what I want us to see here is what he sees. Bartimaeus sees what others with sight miss. And as we read this text, we are invited to recognize that. So what is the first thing that he sees? He sees Jesus as his source of mercy. He sees Jesus as a source of mercy or a source of hope to cure his blindness. What does he say to Jesus? He doesn't see Jesus. He doesn't know where Jesus is, but he knows he's passing by. And so he starts yelling, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And when these words are spoken, God will never ignore them. God would never pass by. Jesus does not pass by this man. Bartimaeus had heard of Jesus, and Bartimaeus was not going to miss the opportunity to regain his sight and to meet this man who is so much more than just a man. And the mercy he's crying out for is not just the mercy to receive his sight, But it is the compassion of Jesus to not only heal him physically, but spiritually. I want you to look again carefully here at the crowds. What do the crowds say of Jesus? They say that he is the Nazarene. They call him a Nazarene. They identify him here. Uh, And instead of referring to Jesus in this way, they turn and say, and Bartimaeus turns away and said, says that he is the king. He is the son of David. He sees what kind of king Jesus is. He sees what kind of king Jesus is. Who is this son of David? What has he come to do? Has he come to conquer the Romans with military power and establish an empire on the earth like his disciples expected and hoped for? That's why when he says he's going to die and rise from the dead, that they don't understand. Because what they're expecting is totally different from what he's presenting to them. He hasn't come to conquer the Romans, no, Bartimaeus sees Jesus as the king, 
who does not ignore His people in their hour of greatest need. It's like this morning with the kids' talk, with the family talk, I should say, um, showing that Jesus is come, has come to serve, not to be served, as Bruce preached about last week. That Jesus has not come to give us authority and power, as we'll look at in a moment, but He has come to turn us into His uh, imitators, that we might live as He has lived and love as He loves. Jesus doesn't just hear Bartimaeus in this passage, does He? There are, two, there's, there are three speakers in this text. One of them is Bartimaeus. One of them is Jesus. And the next is the crowd. The crowds are speaking to Bartimaeus. What do the crowds say to Him? They say, leave it. Look, Jesus is busy, okay? He's going somewhere, so just quiet down. Let us pass by. We're going somewhere. But the, he, he doesn't listen to them, does He? He keeps crying out for mercy. He keeps crying out all the more. And Jesus is not the kind of King who would ignore those who are on the fringes. Those whose society would rather be quiet and stand away so that they can pass through. But instead, Jesus invites Bartimaeus to himself. He invites us to him. Why is this? It's because Jesus is the king. But he is the king, as Dr. Brian Vickers said when he was over uh, and gave a, a lecture in Crossway a few uh, around this time last year. He is the king of an upside-down kingdom. In Jesus' kingdom, the least are the greatest. Those who mourn are comforted. Those who are weak are strong. I want you to hear this because it is so important. It was important for me as I was writing this. Is Bartimaeus a distraction Because the crowds think that he is. The crowds think that he's beside Jesus' purpose. He's not really in Jesus' focus. But brothers and sisters, this morning, I want you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Bartimaeus is Jesus' main objective. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus loves those who are downtrodden. He is near to the brokenhearted. Is that true? Say it's true. That's true. It is. Yes. You, brother and sister, this morning, if you're listening to me, and you know Jesus, or you have not yet known Jesus, hear me say beyond a shadow of a doubt, Jesus is going to Jerusalem to die for you. You are Jesus' main objective. And in that crosshair of his objective is the glory of God and the good of every person who places their faith in him without exception. 
We can apply this to our lives when we prioritize the truth that Jesus is our only source of mercy and that we recognize the kind of king that Jesus is and that we are moved in compassion towards others who do not yet know him or feel they have been passed over by the world. That there would never be a situation where one child is ignored because they are of a different skin tone than the ones next to them. That is not the world Jesus is calling us to, but to one where all people are equal because he has made them in his own image and he loves them and moves toward them in compassion. Often, where we would say, oh, Jesus, it's really not worth it. And sometimes I think that way about myself. Jesus, I'm really not worth it. But I am. And you are. It is a fact. It is a fact. We then must reach as Christians those who are marginalized or left out or ignored by ministering to their greatest need. That is the need of hope, of forgive, the hope of the forgiveness of sin that comes through placing their faith in Jesus Christ. And then we also minister to their physical needs. We do not ignore them, but we move toward them in compassion, spiritually and physically, just as Jesus does here. He heals spiritually and physically. And the last thing I want you to see in this first point is that if you are not a Christian and you are considering Jesus as your Savior, do not stay quiet. If you have people around you, friends in your life, family in your life, who might say, look, Jesus is really not the right decision. Okay? What you need is X. What you need is Y. You need something different. You don't need Jesus. If you're considering Jesus, please do not listen to these people. They are just like the crowds here who tell Bartimaeus to be quiet. If he'd listened to them, the story would be very different. But that is not what happened. And then on the flip side of that, if you're considering Jesus, hear the crowd again when Jesus calls. He welcomes him. He says, tell him to come to me. And the crowd passes the message to Bartimaeus. And that is the, the role that we play as Christians here. The flip side is that we call those who do not hear Jesus' voice. To pay attention to Jesus. To trust in Jesus. So if you are considering Jesus, just as Bartimaeus does here, get up, jump up even, it says, and go to Jesus. My second point this morning is, what do you want me to do for you? And I go beyond the scope of this passage because where we see in Scripture phrases repeated, we pay attention. What do you want me to do for you? This is, the re- this is what Jesus says to Bartimaeus in this passage. It's also what Jesus says to James and John in 10.36. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, come up to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? 
And they said, Grant us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they said, We are able. Ladies and gentlemen, they are not able. They are not able. But they will do it because that is what Jesus calls them to. And Bartimaeus is asked the same question of Jesus where his disciples don't understand and ask for power and authority and instead receive an instruction in servanthood and sacrifice. Bartimaeus asks Jesus for exactly what Jesus has come to do. For mercy. For mercy. And it's so powerful. Bartimaeus, again, sees with eyes of faith what his own disciples in the crowds don't see, despite the fact they're seeing physically Jesus healing the sick, raising the dead, curing the blind and the lame and the deaf. It's incredible. It's such a strong theme here. It's so So amazing. As you study the scriptures, I would encourage you to look for things that are often repeated because the authors want us to focus here on what they're saying. So what does Bartimaeus ask for? He asks for Jesus to open his eyes. And the theme here is one of spiritual blindness. That's why this section starts in chapter 8. Verse 22, with the healing of a blind man in two phases. Because the first phase of the healing is partial. And the second phase of the healing is full. And then this section deals with Jesus revealing his mission in full. At the beginning of this section, the the blind man is sent away back to his home. And he says, look, don't go to the village. Don't say what happened. Because the secret about Jesus' mission is still intact. And at the end, Bartimaeus is not told to go back to his home. Jesus tells him to go, but Bartimaeus goes with Jesus. Bartimaeus goes with Jesus. I love this because in the Old Testament, the only one who clears the impact of blindness, the only one who heals blindness is God. And that healing of blindness particularly in Isaiah 28, goes hand in hand, or Isaiah 29 there, um, goes hand in hand with Jesus' mission to bring spiritual vision, spiritual sight, to heal blindness of all kinds. And this impacts us today because Jesus has done the same thing for us. If it is spiritual sight that you seek, if you want to see Jesus clearly, then all you need do is ask Him. And He will deliver you from sin and shame. If it is physical healing that you seek, that is also in the crosshair of Jesus' mission. And we have to recognize that ultimately that healing will come to all people everywhere who place their faith in Jesus in the new heavens and the new earth. But the New Testament gives us guidelines for those who are seeking to be healed. And they call us, James, and James calls us to call on our elders to pray for us 
when we are in need and healing. And so, brothers and sisters, if you are struggling, reach out to Christ and reach out to those who are in leadership over this body of Christians. That's Paul Ritchie, that's Edwin Tuddy, that's John Ryan. You know, John's on sabbatical right now, but, but he, is, he is one of our elders. And so, this bears mentioning, right? These are the people we go to when we need healing. We ask these men to pray for us. And then the last thing here is, is the response of a grateful heart. And this is just a quick look at the end of this text. 50 and 52. When Jesus calls Bartimaeus, what does he do? He jumps up and he leaves his cloak behind. And along with that, whatever money he may have been given that day. Okay? He jumps up and he runs. He's not going to miss his opportunity. If you don't think he runs, he's still pretty, he's, he's on his way. He's going to get there, right? Even if he's helped by people to get there, he reaches Jesus. He's not going to miss his opportunity. As soon as he's called, he goes. After this, we see Jesus heal him, and Bartimaeus is told that he can go. But instead, he follows Jesus. He follows Jesus. When we encounter the King Jesus, brothers and sisters, you do not go back to begging on the side of the road. You have all that you need. And you go with him where he goes. You follow him. Even as he goes to the place of his death, you follow him even if it leads to certain danger or leads to your dear friends casting you aside. I have some wonderful, wonderful friends in Dublin. Two young ladies who love Jesus and they are very close friends with a group of people who do not love Jesus. And when their pastor said some things that they didn't like, they told them to make a choice. They said, choose us or choose your religion. And those friends walked away from them because these young women would not walk away from Jesus because they saw of the surpassing joy that comes from Christ is far greater than anything these people can offer them, even as hard as that is. And so we see here that Bartimaeus leaves everything that he has For Jesus, he is a blind beggar on the side of the road. He has a cloak that keeps the sun off his back, that keeps him warm at night, and he leaves it behind. The text doesn't say he goes back for it. We take that and we run with that. Why? Because that is exactly what Jesus called a certain rich young ruler to do earlier in this section of Mark. Leave all you have, sell it and give it to the poor. And he couldn't do it because he had so much stuff. A Bartimaeus has little and he leaves it all behind. What is most precious to him, he leaves behind in light of the joy set before him in following Jesus. And so, in application here, remember the thrill of your call to salvation Owen shared this morning 
about when he became a Christian, one of the first songs that he was singing at that time after his eyes were opened. Remember, brother, remember the way you felt when Jesus opened your eyes. Brothers and sisters, remember the way that you felt when Jesus opened your eyes. Rush to him and follow him. Be like him. Be like Bartimaeus here, who is the ideal disciple in the section of Mark, where the other disciples question and don't understand. Bartimaeus doesn't question and follows in faith. Be willing to go wherever Jesus leads you to go. If that means staying somewhere you don't want to stay, stay. If it means going somewhere you never thought you would go, then go. Baptist missions are looking for men and women to go. To go to the nations. To go to France and to Spain. To go to parts of Ireland where there are no churches. To go to Peru where they have had a long-lasting and fruitful ministry for years. If you feel the call to go, then go. Follow Jesus on his mission, wherever it leads. And if you don't feel called to go and you're quite happy to live where you are, consider how you can make sacrifices to give and leave behind the things you hold dear to further Jesus' mission on the earth. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for these words this morning. Thank you for calling us to yourself in love and laying yourself down for the glory of God and the joy set before you, despising the cross, ignoring the shame, God, accepting it, Lord Jesus, because it brings glory and joy to us. Thank you for making a way for us, for healing our blind eyes, for opening our hearts to see the joy of following Jesus is greater than anything that this world can offer us. In Jesus' name, amen.